Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Karn, and Mike Steenstra. Three, two, one, blast off, Rooster and the Devil. Or should I say Rooster and the Rooster? Ooh. It's a very cock-centric episode this evening. Very cock-centric. Love a little Jimmy. cock. Who is? <laughs> you say it, Brad. Jimmy, who no, is the I devil? I am the devil. <laughs> Jimmy Sorry. is not the devil. Has it go again? I, I, I am the devil. No. I'm the devil. I am the devil. I am the devil. <laughs> Anywho, that's how it's going to go down tonight. It's going to be a little weird. It's a uh, you know the Premier League's in a weird spot right now. I don't know. This is my first off season, and and it feels like I know. Uh, you know, Spurs and Liverpool have the all-important Champions League matchup coming up, but it is Premier League off-season. It, it's it's odd. It is. It's very and strange, it. and it's early days too. And you still got distractions from other competitions, so it's uh, and, and very strange. We talked strange. about this in a text earlier. I don't know who to trust source-wise. I'm seeing all these crazy headlines everywhere. There's like no. Yes. Like, this is what a pre- okay. I'll say this about NBA reporting. It's truthful. The people close to the game have it right, always. Like, you know who to trust, which sources to trust. Sure. I'm sure they exist in soccer, but at this point in my fandom, I don't know who it is because it's my first time dealing with it. Yes. So, you mentioned that on Reddit, backslash, come on, you Spurs, C-O-Y-S. Come on, you Spurs! They they have some ratings as far as media is concerned and who we can trust. So, please, Brad. Tell me who I can trust. I want to trust them. And I don't know offhand uh, what the best sources are. And the other difficult part about all of this is that it's dependent upon Someone country. Tell us on Twitter. Okay, yeah, tell us on Twitter what the best sources are. But it's also dependent upon country. So you have Belgian sources. Some Belgian sources are good. Some Belgian sources are shit. You have... Spanish sources, some are good, some are bad. So that applies for every different country, and that's two sides of the deal typically reporting on it as well. And then you have your big media who likes to just get clicks, and that's what a lot of fans get really, really upset about. But the Reddit for Spurs has them in tiers. So tier one source. Today I saw that Spurs were going to make a swoop for somebody at Ajax, and it was a tier four source. So basically saying, approach this with caution, don't necessarily trust it. Like the Sun, for example, I know in London is shit. Like tier four, tier five source. Um, whereas BBC one, Sports may be better. Three sixty Sports is that what you just said? I said BBC. Um, oh no, Sky. Yeah. He said Sky is who. Sky's not know. bad. I don't think. Yeah. So when do they typically start making signings in the transfer window? Because I also found that odd coming from basketball to soccer. Open a free agency is like a specific day, and then. Pretty much the next week, all the big names are gone. But this seems like a slow burn, which, again, I'm not used to. It is that. It is a slow burn. And and you also have clubs who are more aggressive in the transfer window. Um, You have different theories applied to the transfer window. So, example, sticking with Spurs, Daniel Levy is notoriously a brutal negotiator. Like, he's a cheap fuck. And he will squeeze every dime out of a deal 
So they're always late in the window. Like Spurs make most of their signings historically, at least since I've been following five, six years, late, late, late in the window. Whereas a United, a city will go out and get their man early on, set the market, and not be scared to do so. So it's all over the board. All right, so that actually leads into... I have some more transfer questions we'll get into a little bit later, and we'll talk about some maybe rumors for Spurs that we're hearing of. Um, but does I saw this in a newsletter. I think I've mentioned the newsletter before, uh, No Grass in the Clouds by Ryan O'Hanlon. But he wrote a really interesting column today, and it was talking about does soccer have a problem? PSG dominates League One. Bayern Munich dominates Bundesliga. Juventus dominates Italy. Barca dominates La Liga with the exception of Real, but it's really dominated and by two Atletico. teams. Atletico is a good one, but you're right. They never are winning the title, typically. Yep, and now in the Premier League, we have Man City repeating. So in the five big leagues, five winners repeated this year. Indeed. So Indeed. the argument that the newsletter was making is, do, or the question it was proposing, rather, not the argument, do domestic titles matter anymore? And I think this is kind of what the birth of the new Champions League format is coming out of. Like, I don't know. What's your take on the domestic league titles? I think they're really important, but I sit well, with my attention in the Premier League, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm biased in that regard. You got Juve dominating Serie A. You got Ajax and PSV dominating the Dutch League. I think, though, that there's oh, yeah. still parity that exists. Um, Dortmund challenged this year, yeah. Um, Bayern Munich dominates that league. But the, the Premier League in particular, we stick with that. You know, Leicester won. Um, you know, Arsenal back in the day, United. It's not been completely top-heavy. You're seeing that with City right now because of how much money they can spend. Um, but Liverpool was right with them this year. It's not like it was a blowout. Spurs even were in the mix for second. So I think Jimmy and I, I think, mentioned this last week. We talked about parity specifically, though, in the Premier League. Um, so it doesn't apply, though. I think, to your point, if you look at the other leagues, they are a little bit top heavy in some cases. You a have little? like a couple of superpowers. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Hmm. That's fair. Um, so I don't know what the solution is to that. I know they talked no. about like a super league, which would suck, I think, and England would not be down. Maybe the others, other places would be. From what I was um, reading, so. too, like most people are down on that, that idea. It would be pretty unlikely. And also, too, as you're talking, it got me to thinking that there's still levels of competition within those domestic league tables, as in, you know, Champions Champions League qualification, Europa League qualification for some of the smaller teams. So they still – and relegation. Let's be fucking honest. Relegation, the best thing of all time. Like, even though it is top-heavy, there's still probably plenty to watch, you know? Absolutely, there is. And the other thing is you hope that – TV revenues make those things a little bit more even, right? How they distribute it. Um, maybe allow a team that wouldn't be able to challenge to have a Leicester kind of season. Uh, but that's a fair commentary on most other leagues. I just don't think the Premier League is in that danger yet. But certainly Serie A, the Dutch League, so on and so forth. That's very fair. I mean, what do you know about Man City's money history, if anything? I wish Jimmy was on. Jimmy would be like, Rough hand, well. I know. <laughs> Yeah, up until I want to say, you should Google it while I'm talking, but up until about, I want to say, the mid to late 90s, I think they were down. I think they were down into uh, the championship at some point. 
I don't know if they've been up the entire time in the Premier League. That'd be an interesting stat, but I know they weren't relevant. They were mid mid to low table, I want to say, if you look at their finishes. And then they got flushed with oil money. Uh, they got taken over and started spending. August 4th, the oh, club wow. has been owned by, ooh, I'm going to slaughter this name, Shike Mansour. Mansour. <laughs> Just yeah. I, I knew the last name is wrong there, but. Yeah, net so there you go. $17 billion and a family fortune of at least one trillion dollars boom wow. one trillion fucking dollars man that's insane Imagine so that. so that's you know they have unlimited money do- what would you do with a trillion dollars oh. i'd do what i would do with you know a million dollars i'd set aside 70 to 100k for travel over the next five years i'd put the rest into a trillion bonds and dividend stocks and let it sit and then i'd buy a new car and probably a new house for a trillion dollars, that's all you would do. A trillion dollars is hard to spend. Like, I could be leaking cash as fast as I know how and not spend that in my lifetime. I, I probably would buy a business or two over time, but immediately that's all I'd do. I'd, I'd like, improve a couple things and then put the rest in the, in the market. I would cool people that I understand their business venture money to do their dream. Yes, Five, ten, fifty thousand dollar increments, no problem, man. I yeah, got you. So if anyone wants to donate a few million dollars to the podcast Rooster please. at Rooster and the Devil. <laughs> at Rooster and the Devil, please. We'll set up a Venmo account at Rooster and the Devil. Right, right. Absolutely. So, uh, GoFundMe. Yeah, I think I think it's crazy though when you look at the ascent, and that's where you talk about the plastic fans, the people who have jumped on after they got rich, right? Post post oh eight. That's where you look at it as like you're picking just the biggest money team and sticking with them. But they have a fantastic product. I think they're getting in trouble for how they're, you know, basically they have so much money they want to filter in, so they've probably had to get creative with accounting, and I think they kind of got caught. So that might be good. Creative accounting, yes. Creative accounting. Some sort of accidental thievery even, perhaps. That's right, man. It can happen with that amount of money. It can. So did you want to talk about transfers at all? I know we covered it, but you want to talk about any rumors? I have uh, one or two for uh, for United, actually, to fill in for the devil a little all bit. All right, fine. Let's uh, talk about the devil. So just general rumors. Um, we have Pogba going to Real Madrid. I don't think that would be the most surprising thing ever. Um, but I did hear on the opposite end of that that the Man United is going to offer him the captaincy to stay. Really? Yes. Is that a big deal? It is if he lives up to the title. I mean, that's a huge title at an English club. And Pogba, as Jimmy has cited in the past, when he's motivated and on, I'm blown away by his skill, Um, especially as a center defensive midfielder. Offensively. Yeah, you guys um, talked about that last week, which was cool. Yeah, he is is class, man. But to Jimmy's point, I've noticed as well that – He's streaky, and if he's not motivated, he really is kind of a non-factor on the field, which is bizarre because he's amazing. So if if you know, I wonder what Jimmy would think if uh, if he can grow into that, if he can buy into that, if they're putting that kind of faith in him, or if it's you know symptomatic of his personality, and maybe he's not the kind of player who wants to be at a United, maybe a Real, which is more flash. You know, I don't know the guy, so um, I, I would be a little nervous about that if I was United. Because um, you know you're going to have to continue to pay his wages, and um, hopefully you're getting that good of a player if he buys into the United way with the captainship. I don't know. United way, yes. What do you think? What do you think? 
You want? Would you keep them or would you take the money? Um, I don't know. I did watch a lot of Man U this year just because you know we had a vested interest for the podcast, and that was a name I knew before I started watching Premier League. But um, obviously, everything you said, terrific playmaker. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I trust him. I would almost take the money. I would take the money. Right. Yeah, I think Jimmy might be on on that side of things. Ooh, and I have an edit for you, Mikeo. Okay. It's very it's very granular and annoying, but Jim. The only reason I'm mentioning it, and we'll have to validate this with Jim. But at one time, I said "man you" a lot, and he said, "Nobody says that. Don't say man you." Man United is fine. Manchester United or just United is fine, but no one says Man U. Huh. So let's see whether I'm just finding a way to be a dick or if I'm correct. We'll check with the devil. Okay. Devil, if you're listening right now, we need you right on both of our shoulders to tell us devilish stuff. And we do. Whisper in our ear. Satan. Yeah. Satan. Satan. All right. Uh, the, uh, the other My rumor was... <laughs> Jesus. Rakitic, uh, who's at <laughs> Barcelona. Yes, that's true. Satan, straight up. He was very good at Halo as well. Shout yeah, out, you cry. said Jesus when I said Satan. Oh, it was Jesus. Jesus was, that's right. Yeah, I was Satan. You were Satan. I was uh, something I don't want to say on here. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, it was no, a Dave Chappelle reference. Yeah, it's it's fine, but we'll move on. <laughs> so, uh, Ivan Rakitic is a midfielder. Um, for Barcelona, and he's class, and it looks like United are willing to spend, I don't know, like 50 mil to get him. Uh, that's another rumor. So, again, I don't know how young Rakitic is, but I know Jimmy has talked about, and I think a lot of United supporters have talked about, wanting to infuse some young talent that's maybe malleable instead of these more established veterans who have a way um, of feeling entitled. I know Jimmy wants to try and inject some youth in, so I don't know if Rakitic would fall into that mold, but at least they're starting to think about making some moves, and we'll see if that actually happens, but interesting from a United perspective. My expectation for Man United is to make a shit ton of moves. No doubt. I think we're all thinking that for this year, especially if they get Pogma money and need to use that. Yeah, yeah. Another reason to sell that. That's right. All right, so I've seen a few Ericsson to Real rumors. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. I feel the same. I I think it's going to come down to once the Champions League is over, you know, Spurs have put a a public... At least publicly, they've said we're we're putting a hold on any transfer talks until the Champions League final is done. Please, yeah, that's so the only way to do it. Yeah, um, but that being said, Llorente gone, the Champions League hero. From what I'm hearing, yeah, I got a question for you actually. How come no one is offering money for uh, Sonny? Um, I think that his notoriety has increased over the last year, in particular with Kane He's out been and so good. He's been money. He's been money. But to be fair, he's been good for several years yeah. at this point. He was, good, he was quiet. really good last year, but mainly a bench player from what I could tell. He was, yeah, and you know, started some of the league games. But uh, pretty good production the last couple of years as well. Of course, his first year, as we know, was not good. He didn't fit into the team yet. He actually asked to be transferred back to the Bundesliga. Pochettino sat him down and told him that he needed to be patient and that he would come into his own here, and uh, now he has. And I think his demeanor, right, Sonny is about as chill as they get, right? I mean, he's a, he's a joyous, happy guy, but he's not, you know, really a ton of flair, or, and obviously he's Korean, so that probably plays into the attention that he gets. But I think it's because he's kind of a 
you know, chill guy. And I also think what I read actually, it's relevant this week was an article on Reddit that talked about a Korean reporter who followed him the whole year. And they interviewed the reporter who's Korean about like Sonny and what he observed over the year. And he said, they asked him, would he ever consider leaving Spurs? And the guy said, I just don't see it right now. He seems so comfortable. He genuinely loves his teammates. He loves the environment. He's grateful for everything he's been able to be exposed to, all this stuff. So uh, maybe that's him. part of it as well. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Love to keep him. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wonder because he had such a fantastic year if, you know, imagine a Korean on a Barcelona or a Real Madrid with that that would mean to a, a country like that yeah but, imagine a korean in the champions league final you know that's a good point i mean I'm, boom yeah spurs are yeah a big i know club. what you mean though they're a big club. they're they're a big club not spending not the wise, biggest but, but yeah yeah but they've been uh, consistently yeah. good since you've been watching hell yeah now we in the final <laughs> go get the ship i don't know if we had the opportunity to reflect on that uh final ix game you and i I don't think we did. No, not not formally. Actually, Jess makes a comment. My wife will be at the end of the podcast. I interviewed her for about seven minutes about my reaction to the Champions League. Lucas Moore, a final goal. <laughs> awesome. Going crazy. She was working awesome. from home that day, too, but she was, like, I don't know, fiddling around upstairs. She did watch with me for a little bit, but... Uh, oh, man. Know, got to doing chores. Insanity. Insanity was... Yeah, it was... Emotional roller coaster ride. I was on the floor again. The just first like the half city was game. the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my life. Hey, you dog, it was over. It was over. It was done. It was more than over. They what, yeah. Delict, delict, header, header. Like, twenty minutes maybe. But just so strong and sure, cocksure. Yep. Yeah, they're oh, bosses, oh. man. Yep. But then a couple good chances at the end of the first half, and then second half, Lucas Mora from uh, Deli Alley, like an. Perfectly little weighted ball, Dude, like we said. What a ball! That 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 assist is That's underrated. Still, man, it's amazing. That That's touch. what Deli Alley is so good at that people that don't watch him regularly don't know. Because I can see when they yes. he's he's awkward looking on the field sometimes for some reason. Yeah, he's, he's lanky, a, very lanky. Yeah, he's a he's a fantastic uh, attacking playmaker. He is, and he does work defensively. I want to say he's six yeah. foot. Uh, he's, a he's a taller player. Yeah, yeah, but Strong. he's still like skinny and lanky, and he's I I love that man so much. I I just love Young. he came he came on yeah he came on like right when I started watching, and we got him from MK Dons for five mil. Who's that? I don't even know this history. They are a League Two side, or no, huh. League One, League One. So they're two divisions down. Sure, sure. Mil- Milton Kane Dons huh. and Milton Kane's Arena. The uh, Spurs actually played a match there for the FA Cup this year because Wembley was full, hmm. and they played at MK Don Stadium. And Daly Alley was captain. Pochettino oh, made him that's captain, so cool. and he scored the game-winning goal on a penalty. And everybody he let him take the penalty as well. The yes. was probably like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was really like a class move by Pochettino oh, to make cool. him captain. I don't know if I yeah. watched that game. I didn't watch early FA Cup games in general, I'd say. It was a, it was an ugly one, so you didn't miss much, but uh mm-hmm. to see him do that and yeah, he's just he's come on and now he's worth you know, so much money and you know, in the England side you and know, it's fun to watch him succeed. That would be such an amazing ticket to get in early 
away Spurs game for FA Cup at some yeah. small ass stadium. That would be epic. Like AFC Wimbledon last year, and and Pochettino Rochdale. puts in Harry Kane just so the fans can see him. Yeah, Good and the fans he scores, and the fans are applauding him. I because they get to see too, like a, a badass English player close to the goal. Yep, yep. And Pochettino said in the press conference too, he's like, you know, a lot of them aren't going to be able to see a Harry Kane play. Yeah. Um, at any point that year, so that's why I put him into the game, All which right, so is so classy. So we're far afoot. We talked about Lucas Moore's first goal, lefty, yes. right corner, second goal, a weird beautiful. One. You know what's crazy is Urente missed. It went to the goalie, and the goalie sure looked one. like he collected it. And I was like, at this point, I had the comeback feeling, and I was just turned around and moaned like. <laughs> and then I, I, and like I was screaming. The dog was terrified. I turned around, like, like all dejected, with my head down. Four seconds <laughs> later, and I look at the TV, and they fucking scored. I was like, "What happened? It's happening!" What happened? <laughs> so then, yeah, it was beautiful, man. He had that footwork in the box and put it right into the corner, left side. Yeah. So oh, Lucas Mora. Oh. I love that little Brazilian man now. You gotta oh. love him, man. I loved him before at times during the season, but like Barcelona goal to get us through. Yeah. Oh my god, eighty fifth minute. Yeah. I mean that Spurs Champions League promo video that gives the whole journey is epic. I think even neutral fans would get a yes. kick out of this thing because the the way Spurs have just come back the entire Champions League tournament, it's insane, and it's such it's everything you love about the game. Everything. Yes, it is. One point after three games in the Champions League group stages, and they yep. are somehow in the final. And they kept squeaking by on late go- late goals. Like, oh, and then a little lady luck for sure in that last Barcelona game with them yep. being clinched. But whatever. They did it. And now we're Got here, through, baby. baby. <laughs> we going to the ship. So yeah. we didn't even get to the last fucking goal. Oh, my God. And they have a bunch of chances, too, like coming down the pack. They're just, just they totally the change the play. style. Yeah, I thought yep. the whistle was gonna blow several times before that because it was down in our end, and like for some reason the game kept going, and I was just like, ah, we lost. "It's over, it's over, it's okay, good year." Uh, yeah, but I, disappointing. And then Sissoko tees it up so into exciting. the air. Like even if they lost, I would have been comfortable with the outcome just because that second half is so amazing as it was. They were attacking the goal, and then a lot of chances. Yep, ball yep. went up. What, Urente headed it down? Yep. Off his, I was more off his foot, and actually looked like Delict got some of it too. But yeah, yeah right he, into the path of Daly Alley. Knocked mm-hmm. it down. That was their whole strategy the second half. Tee it up to Fernando and just get a body, piece of your body Dele on it, Alley and knock it down. Puts like a little weighted ball, not One a perfect touch. ball by any stretch of the imagination. I thought for sure in the moment that that ball was going to get picked off. And then somehow Lucas had this extra tiny little burst of speed little tap and then just really a squeaker on the right but i i could not believe it i 95th minute i'm getting goosebumps 96th minute it was just insanity i started banging the roof going doing like indian whoops like sorry native american whoops oh yeah and jess is upstairs and bella's freaking out the dog and like I, I, and then the next couple days, I just couldn't stop watching it. I watched it 30 times because I, I kept getting the feeling to a lesser extent for sure. But, like, I could feel what I was just feeling. And I don't – that that 
It was just an unrivaled sports event. Phenomenon. <laughs> it was lovely. And, and the, the hit itself had pl- a good amount of pace being along the ground, but Delict's foot is Patrick. like an inch away from the ball, and that mm-hmm. ball doesn't even get to the goal. And it's between the other guy and goes right <sighs> by Onama and the goal, and he runs to the corner, and the, the, the screensaver on my phone is Lucas Mora jumping up into the air and Daly Alley looking up at him, and it's just an unbelievable moment. Dude scored a hat trick to get to the finals of the Champions League. I believe all with his left foot, and he's right-footed. I mean... Dreamland, my friend. Dreamland. He's still floating on air. That'll make you float on air for life, I do believe. Absolutely. Every time you think about that, it's like, I scored a hat trick to get our team to the Champions League finals. Well, and Lucas Mora has been through a lot from a Champions League perspective, too. PSG, he sat on the bench for their whole run, didn't even play. And then he was with, gosh, I forget who, I think a Spanish team, and they lost in the final. Maybe it was Atletico. Um, and he, so he's lost in the final of the Champions League as well. So he's had like not a ton of good experiences, and he talked about that before the match. And I don't know, man, the, the celebrations after were almost yeah. better for me than the event itself because it was an outpouring of like the project, the, this five-year project, like hitting the best goal you possibly could hit when you started five years ago and you're going to the final and you never really expected you'd probably get there and Pochettino just in tears all over the pitch and even falling to the ground after the goal goes in and the mayhem in the corner, everyone piling on. And um, it was just absolutely wonderful to see Lucas Moro seeing the highlight and crying. He says he still cries every time he sees it. The the Brazilian announcers, his home country, they show him, put his ear pods on and he just starts crying. And it's just wonderful, man. These, these guys are humans and they're experiencing a high as well. It was cool to see that. Yeah. The, after the game stuff with the players in the field and the coach interacting with the supporters and, it was Incredible! All, it was all so lovely. Dreamland, man. And actually, Dreamland. the end, the Liverpool crowd at the end of that Man City game was pretty epic too. They yeah, did like it a, was. Like a, I, I, I don't know. It, it gave me some emotions hearing the whole stadium erupt at a at a home game. Home game, yeah, yeah. It was very something cool. Else. It was something else. Yeah. So Champions League ahead, June one. We'll see what happens. Uh, you never know. But uh, what else do we want to cover here, Michael? We covered Spurs transfers a little bit. We covered United transfers. Um, Again, we've got... Let's move on from transfers, if uh, you okay. don't mind. Yep, absolutely. So let's talk about what we still got left. Uh, let's start with the... Some weirdness. Shitholes in the uh, Europa League. Yeah, who yeah. you got? Uh, Chelsea. Yeah, me too. Gotta be. <laughs> Lesser of two evils, you know, and it'd be sweet because Chelsea are already in the Champions League, you know. So, yeah, yeah. so then they'd fuck Arsenal out of getting in. <laughs> oh man, but I don't, yeah, because I don't want Arsenal in the Champions League. It's just no fun. And actually, Babel owes me money. Shout out Babel. I gotta text him. Does he listen ever? Probably not. I doubt it. Yeah. It's possible. He owes me twenty bucks. Babel, you owe me twenty bucks. Venmo. It's beautiful, At Mike. Hyphen Steenstra. Please do it. So anyway. There you go. 
uh, I, I saw an article about ticket allocation, and I know that's a big deal for Champions League as well. We could talk about yes. that. But, uh, yep. It's ridiculous, The Europa man. League has like a very minuscule amount actually going to the supporter groups, and I've heard both of them had, have, have had trouble selling their tiny little allotments to Europa League. 6,000. Yeah. 6,000. maybe I just saw that in the Spurs, you know, colored glasses on Twitter, and it's not true. I don't know. Uh, it could be, but it, it's ridiculous, the allocation. The Europa League is even worse than the Champions League. Um, Champions League is roughly 50% total going to the supporters, about 45, 46, split between Liverpool and Tottenham, and they are supporters, cl- clubs, like organizations. It really is. Yeah, yeah, it's all the sponsors just getting a bunch of tickets to hand out, and so Spurs and Liverpool's uh, supporter organizations join together and like release a statement. Who knows if anything will happen? But Europa League is even worse. Six thousand, I think Jimmy said total between the two clubs. It's insane. Yeah, it's all about money. Yeah, and, and honestly, like we were talking about earlier when we got into the you know different leagues and different parts of the table that matter to people, like. Europa League is still a cool tournament. It's, you know, especially for the littler teams, it's awesome. But to, to just qualify for European soccer is neat. And I appreciate yes. the Europa League. I didn't watch any of it this year, but Spurs played in Europa League. Oh, it's still good, man. Yeah, it's you're still, still playing. Like, Atletico's down there. And then yeah, man. the Champions League group losers still got a chance to. Yes. That was interesting. Very it's interesting. cool, right? Yeah. Going to losers bracket. Why not? You know. Yeah, and still qualify next year. Like, that's neat. It is. It's like a consolation possibility. And wolves. Did you see that they actually, because of the FA Cup slaughter of Troy Deeney's weenies, uh, yeah, Wolverhampton Wanderers did qualify for the Europa League next year. So shout out to our they, buddy Chris. It's cool. They did. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Yep. Um, good for them, especially first year up. That's that's huge for that club and the supporters. So yeah, Chris, Chris, hopefully can get to a match next year. Um, that'd be awesome. I mean, he went to two last year, so yeah, that'd be a blast to go to one of those. Man, it's a big I mean, European speaking competition. Speaking of a, uh, other, so that's the other game left. Actually, a big one um, at Wembley, Wembley Derby County and Aston Villa. Villa? Was yes. it, or, no, Villa. Villa. Jimmy Villa. says Villa. That's right. It's Villa. Because it sounds yeah. like a, it looks like a Spanish word, but they say it like it's in proper English. Perfectly said, my friend. Perfectly said. Yep, that should be a good one. Jack Grealish. Um, Dwayne Holmes, U.S. Yeah. men's national team shout out. He's, oh, in nice. the, he's in the player pool for the, the 40 as well. Okay. Okay. He, okay. He, he wears number 23 if uh, anybody's watching. Which I love. It's like a little call out to uh, to MJ. MJ. And actually, his father played college basketball. I forget where exactly, but then he had a very long career over in France. So Dwayne Holmes' father is a basketball player. Very cool. And actually, Fun fact I, of the I day. wandered onto the Swansea City Reddit group sometime this week, and there was a Spurs fan on there, and he posted, "Tell me about you know." Oh no, I'm. T- I- Fuck, I'm confusing Dwayne Holmes with Vickers. Cameron Carter Vickers, yeah, God. for Swansea. Oh, no. It's all right. They, they have similar colors, Swansea and Derby County, uh, almost identical. But the one we're talking about is Derby County. Who do you have, Michael? Before we get to Cameron Carter Vickers, because uh, I'm always down uh, to talk so about Cameron Carter Vickers. I was just 
painfully wrong though, and I just it's, went for it. But it's that's all life, true man. about Cameron Carter Vickers' father. But, and Swansea, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. American squad. I, don't, uh, I actually watched some of that Leeds Derby County game. Yeah, it was crazy. And I have a friend from Australia that's a Leeds fan, so I'm like secretly kind of a Leeds fan, and they're yep. apparently just bottlers, like classic. Horrible, horrific bottlers every single Fucking year. Fucking bottlers. Th- their, uh, their supporters know it. They feel it. Really? And, uh, yeah. So I think they were up 3-0 ag- on aggregate going into the second half. Second half. Yeah, blew it. <laughs> Frank Lampard's uh, Derby County getting the job done. And he's actually I, being heavily linked to Chelsea's head coaching job right now. Because he played there? Yep. Sorry is probably out of there. To Lyon, mm-hmm. or wherever mm-hmm. he used to be. Roma, maybe. Was it Roma? I forget. Uh, Napoli. Mm. Somewhere yeah. in Italy. Napoli, where Trippier is potentially going. My heart is with you for Derby County. Derby. But, uh, I don't know. Jack Grealish, deser- Grealish deserves to be in the Premier League, and it'd be cool if he came up with Aston Villa. And it'd be cooler if he came to Spurs. <laughs> it would be, but... Yeah, where, that's where fair. Where would he play? Where would he play on the Spurs? Defensive mid. Yeah, we need it. We need it. I mean, we need it bad. If Erickson goes, like that is absolutely one hundred thousand percent the area of the field that they need to focus on. Yeah, but Erickson's more attacking mid. I mean, he's not going to play much defense. They just need midfield. Grealish should like, be like Victor Wanyama, Harry Winks, Musa Sissoko. Sure. Well, they need a more rotation. attacking presence than like. Because we need an attacking yeah, center mid when Erickson goes away. We need a class a class one, and then we need Sessegnon out on the wing from uh, Fulham. And yes. he looks like he could come. Getting trip cool. out of there. I've seen a couple other names. I saw a guy from Real. I mean, hopefully Spurs will be active enough on the transfer uh, yeah, game we'll here. We'll see about that. We'll see about that, but at any rate, I win fifty dollars I mean, if Derby get promoted. History? Like, how many do they sign in the summer window? It depends on the year, but since I've been watching, normally only two to three max. Um, Lucas Mora is the last signing that we've made, and that was January of twenty seventeen. Right, but that, this has been an unusual year. I, th- I think that's safe yeah. to say. But it's never happened in the history of the like, Premier League. I mean, anyone <laughs> from the youth academy coming up? Uh, you got Ollie Skip, Oliver Skip. Oh, well, yeah. Um, he, he played this year, though. Like, any. Yeah, you got Troy Parrott. Um, you've got Cameron Carter Vickers on loan at Swansea. Oh, yeah. If he's ever going to break into the first team, it maybe needs to be in the next year or two. Um, so you got some some players that you might see, but. I don't know. He'll probably want to bring along one or two and then, again, make make three or four signings, man. Go out and get some quality, quality like 30 to 50 million signings. Mm. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yep. Let's, spend, let's go spend 150 mil. So, Carter Vickers, I started telling the story before I realized I was talking wrongly about uh, Dwayne Holmes, but a Spurs supporter posted in Reddit, a Swansea City Reddit thread, like, tell me about Cameron Carter-Vickers. I'm kind of curious about your guys' opinion of him. And, like, the first couple comments just said, like, thick. Like, you know, T-H-I-C-C. And then everyone's like, that <laughs> yeah. boy thick. That boy yeah. really thick. But uh, in it's the hilarious. end, it did look like, you know, he's, he's very good on the ball, but his spacing needs work. 
I'd say it's about 50-50 whether people thought he'd be, you know, capable of playing on Hotspur or not. So, you know, who knows? It's about right. He's had a good year uh, with Swansea from everything that I've read, but who knows, man. Yeah, it's a different level. I mean, Poach will give him a look. Probably. play in the uh, Hotspur summer tour. He has the last couple seasons, so I would expect him to be playing, yes. I guess the loanies, when the transfer window opens back up, are then absorbed back into the... Typically, unless they extend the loan, you know, in advance of them coming back in. And then they have buy and some loans and that. Yep. And the other thing, uh, Carter Vickers is U.S. men's national team, so... Yeah. Um, I would love to see him break in and get a chance, but we well, don't want to give any of our young players a chance. So him probably and, won't happen. Uh, Tim Ream are competing, right? For a spot. Yeah, you'd think that'd be a competition that any man could win. You know, so that uh, we might as well talk about U.S. Men's National Team quickly because they released their forty-man roster. That's a lot of people on the team. They got to trim this down to twenty-three. So you see, like a lot of people being happy on Twitter right now, but it's like, don't get too happy. There's got to be a lot right. of cuts there. Right. But, you know, it is nice to see familiar European U.S. men's national team names on the squad. So It is. And a it quick is. shout out to the Danish Superliga because Jonathan Amon got a call up and scored another goal this weekend. Oh, hell yeah. 20-year-old playing in the uh, FC Helsinger, what they hope to get to. Helsinger. Division. So, yeah, baby. That's um, awesome. So we talked FA Cup, Europa League. And now, the champions. Oh, the champions. Yes. Yes, it's, uh, it's the game of all games. It's, it's it. It's the pinnacle. It will be pomp and circumstance. It will be all the drama uh, leading up to the game. The media is going to cook up this week and next week. And it's... The only match on the calendar by the time we get there. So it's literally the only thing that anyone is talking about in world football. You know, so I've we, watched, it's huge. I've watched a couple of Champions League finals. It's it's an event that transcends normal soccer fandom. It is. And what a better stage for Spurs to be introduced to those who haven't seen them before. Imagine for a second, if you will. I don't want I don't want I don't want to. I don't wanna. That they I'm won. scared. <laughs> I don't wanna. It's scary. You cry? I feel like you might cry. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? Duh. Do you cry at stuff like that? I was in tears watching Pochettino go around the field, man. Absolutely. Not like crying, like well, yeah, you know, no, but a couple heaving, happy but tears. I'm, I'm a cry. Not a cup. Not a couple. There were. Yeah, I would say a handful for oh, sure. So beautiful. <laughs> it was. It was wonderful, man. I. I Pochettino I love that man. Long hair. I love him. Excellent. Beautiful hair. man. He's beautiful. <laughs> He's a beautiful man. That's actually one of the truths I've learned this year is that Pochettino as a younger man was just Stead. a sex god. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was he was a old school sex god with long flowing locks. What are the truths? What are the truths? Let's talk about Premier League truths before we get into No, let's Everyone knows Champions okay. League's coming. Let's, we're done with that. We hope they win. Let's we talk hope about they win. Truths we've learned. I've got one. For okay. You. Yeah. Lerma on Brighton. Is it Brighton or Burnley? Burnley. Burnley. He's a douche. 
Jonathan Lerma. Agree. Plus one for Maiko. I have a truth. Uh, Manchester City, despite their grimy, oily nature, are an absolute juggernaut. Period. They're wonderful to watch. Period. End of story. That's definitely a truth. Yep. Beasts. What else you got? What other truths have you learned? Harry Kane for another season. Dominant goal scorer. Wonderful player. Anyone that said he's a flash in the pan is dead fucking wrong. That's a truth right there. That's a, that's a truth. There's a song about that. He's just a one-season wonder, they sing. Mm. It's wonderful. Do you know the song? Not offhand. Um, it's basically Harry Kane. He's a one-season wonder. Harry Kane. Um, and then there's something about goals in there. I don't know. He scores when he wants, I believe they say at some point. Um, I needed to learn some more Harry songs. Uh, I have a truth. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer looks like Gollum or Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. Truth. You know, I'm glad you say that. I finally got <laughs> some affirmation on Twitter about this. I responded in a comment with like the picture of human Smeagol, and the guy was like, holy shit, he does, and then retweeted it, and I was like, yeah, finally, because he does. He does, man. He <laughs> absolutely does. There's no doubt about it. Smeagol will show you the way. You have to hope that that's what Jimmy's thinking. Mm-hmm. Other truths... Um, Neil Neil Warnock is a very strange man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that little uh, video where he's looking in the camera like, Yeah, man. (laughs) Did you see the Bittersweet Symphony remix? No, no. Oh, I'll send it to you. Tweet it at us. Actually, use the Twitter account, Brad. I will. I'll find that one and I will tweet it out. I will do that. It's uh, it's outstanding. Neil Warnock uh, in the music video for Bittersweet Symphony, like on the street, <laughs> looking really song. weird. <laughs> it, it's a great song. Maybe I'll try to remake that for the outro if I'm feeling be, crazy. Dude, I love that. That would be great. <laughs> so that's my... Bittersweet uh, season and that's life. <laughs> dude, that, you add one or two more words that are relevant and it's a song. Yeah, yeah. Period. Pretty close. <laughs> Uh, uh, what other truths do you have? Uh, that uh, trip stinks. That's a hard truth. Oh, you really you gotta yep gotta kick them. It's a truth that I learned this year, and that I think a lot of Spurs. And, and sorry, I mean that sounds harsh. That's just how I said it. I have a lot of appreciation for what he's done this year. I've appreciated him. Like his balls in are fantastic, no doubt about it. He's quick. He's sturdy. He's hard on the ball. He just makes foolish mistakes sometimes. He's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he, you know, I would like to improve that position is all I'm saying. That is fair. I would like to improve the position as well. I'm taking the stance of not being critical of any player uh, until the end of the season because we're in the Champions League final, so I cannot bitch about one thing that one player did this entire year Sure. because it's all gravy, baby. Okay. What's another truth? Uh, another truth. <laughs> another truth would be that Arsenal are intimidated by Spurs as an as an organization as a club. Well, there's a counter argument to that. I think they that they fucking are. stomped Spurs in the second in, game. 
in the second game. We beat him in the in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, who cares? But Daly Alley's little flick. Yeah, I just think I think that they're. Yeah, they celebrated like crazy their players, their social media when they went above Spurs, and it lasted forty eight hours, and that was it. It's all they had the whole year. This is the first time since I want to say it's been at least twenty five or thirty years since Spurs have finished above Arsenal in three straight seasons. So the tide has turned in North London, and frankly, North London is white, and you can suck it. Ha, there you go. I've got a hard truth for Jimmy. Man United, oh, Man, Manchester, no, I said Man right. United's fine, yeah, United. just not Man okay. U. Um, Man United is definitely no longer a force in the league. It's not a guarantee next year that they will be um, in the hunt for the title. Wow. I think Jimmy would not disagree with you. Um, I think they just as easily, with the money that they can spend, could immediately mount a challenge. But I agree. It's no guarantee like it used to be. It's a very good, it's a fair truth. Mm -hmm. I think he would agree as well. Uh, I have another truth. Wolves are the most exciting team outside of the top six. Shout out Chris. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Yeah, I agree. I loved Raul Jimenez. I loved him. I loved that he's Mexican national. Like, that's awesome to me. I've got a friend. I've got one of my best friends in Maryland for sure. Lives right down the street from me. Huge Mexican national team fan. He had a big party during World Cup this summer when they played. Uh, you know, just cool. I, I, I always will root for a Mexican player in Premier League. Always. Any player there is. Absolutely. I'm all about it. I went on a date with a Mexican girl recently, and and I was trying to give Chicharito uh, some props for like reaching the fifty goal mark in the Premier League. Yeah. Like he's not he's not lit the world on fire in the Premier Absolutely League, not. but he plays for West Ham. I mean, it's a good squad, he's and he's a he's a good a goal scorer. Time. Yeah, and she was like, "No, he's 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 not that good." Oh. And I'm like, "Come on, like." This is a we yeah. I'd be thrilled to have an American score fifty goals. I think maybe has Dempsey. Player, maybe has a U.S. player ever had as good of a career in the Premier League as Chicharito? I don't know. Tim That's Howard, what I was with the exception of Tim Howard. I'm talking about a field position player though. I think I think no. Um, I, I, and that's what that was my point to her is like he's had a great career in the Premier League and that's impressive to stay there as well. Um. Yeah, USA goals by player Premier League is what I would search for on that one because I'd be curious. I bet Dempsey had like um, maybe thirty, give or give or he take. He was very good on Fulham, which I did not realize before he. Came I got to it. Hotspur. Fulham and Tottenham, fifty-seven goals. Clint Dempsey. That's a lot of goals. Yeah, so Chicharito just scored his fifty. So. Yeah, and but here you go. In total, twenty players from the USA have scored one or more goals in the Premier League. Hmm. So there's not that many players, so that's awesome for Chicharito. Anyway, that was a random yep. tangent. But. He has a uh, very flaming orange hair right now. So whatever. yeah, I don't love his demeanor, but I respect him. I think he's a good player. Sure. Um, I've had another truth, but it's just escaped my mind. Fuck. It'll it happen, my friend. Uh, truth: Burnley is essentially a pile of iron blocks <laughs> planted on one side of their field. Man, I'm really sad I lost... Oh, oh. Because I'm parking the bus. That's a good truth. It's true. Definitely on the bottom bottom of the league there. Um, uh, truth, I'm scared about how Christian Pulisic will do in the Premier League 
And I really hated seeing him in Chelsea Blue on Twitter today. It was very... Yes. It was... Um, Gross. Uh, I don't know. I just felt weird. I just... Confusing. Because I love... You're confused. I love Pulisic. I hate Chelsea. Me too. I, I don't know where that came, so that's another truth for me. For some reason, I just hate Chelsea. I hate them. I'm there with you, man. I hate them almost as we've discussed as much as Arsenal. I despise them, but I hope he does well. I think the concern that Jimmy shared earlier in the year was that he might just be another expensive signing that doesn't get a lot of a chance um, to actually play, and that worries me. We'll see. I mean, I think he has the talent. You never know. He could be... I don't think he's going to light the world on fire like we talked about, but let's say Pulisic had a Clint Dempsey-esque career. I wonder how we'd feel Disappointment. about Disappointment. It depends. If you're talking the same amount so of wingers, years... though, right? Less goals... So was Dempsey was center attacking mid slash winger as well. I yeah. didn't think he was striker. Mm-hmm. So you know Dempsey's I, a badass. Th- he's one of Dempsey, my favorite players. He's probably my favorite. He's yeah, probably my just favorite. His demeanor, yeah. like he was not scared in the in the Premier League. Like, yeah, he's just a badass. He's a boss. He's a boss. Yeah, I like Donovan, but Donovan was kind of a little like annoying. Weasley. Like yeah, yeah Weasley. The, I mean, I can't talk about hairline. That much, but like his hairline is all funky. He's bald to the middle of his head. Oh, he's smiling. You can see the G chat. What's that? I said, if only our our listeners could see the G chat and you (laughs) highlighting the uh, the hairline. Yeah, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of action here. Um, Any other truths? Truths. We're looking for truths. Uh, I would say that the gap between Liverpool. City and the rest of the top six is significant at this point. Yes. Um, it's not insurmountable, but it's significant. I would also say that a hard truth, too, would be that the gap between sixth and seventh is very large. Although I guess I Leicester- think Wolves finished nine behind United. They're inside of ten points, though. Um, and United had that run, so... Yeah, I'm talking about... Sixth and seventh, so I'm talking about between Man United and Wolves. In like, yeah, I know. Oh, gotcha. So they they were nine points back, which isn't crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, only oh. nine. So single digits, but I mean, I agree. Everton, Wolves, um, the West Ham's and Newcastles of the world. Yeah, Lester, it's a ways to generally. go. Leicester. Sorry, I missed Leicester. Yeah, it's that's a, a big one. I mean, from what I could tell, just an incredible, incredible fluke that they won. It was, and then they were, like, sitting, like, 15, 15, 16 for, like, I think the next couple of years, like, not doing that well. Now now I think they're kind of on the way back up, and people have been talking about them as, a, as an option to maybe sneak into the top six next year, which I think is very interesting. Um, I don't know what kind of finances they're going to be able to have to spend in the summer, but it'll be, it'll be fun to watch that and whether they can challenge the top six. Wolves, Everton, Leicester, I think those are the big three. This is a little tangential to the truths conversation about Premier League, but another truth I've learned over the course of this podcast is that MLS is terrible. Yeah, not a new revelation for us, yep. unfortunately, but uh, it's, it's bad. Yep. It's, it's bad product. You know, randomly, I caught a, um, an Argentinian game, just like 15 minutes of it. I was sitting alone at a bar, and it was on TV. It's fun. Interesting. It was a better, oh, absolutely better product than MLS. Absolutely. It was wow. Good. But it was um, sharp. You know, like the tackles were a little 
dirtier and the, and the oh, game yeah. was more physical. It was more physical for sure. Yep. But it was also sloppier. And I don't know whether that was because of the physicality or despite the physicality, but it I was, think the it latter, was, but it's still fun to watch, I bet. Yeah, and then that actually got me thinking cuz I was just at the bar alone thinking about you know, the South American national teams are pretty good and a lot of those players come from those domestic leagues, so those yes. leagues are probably excellent. Probably not bad, man, yeah. at that level. Imagine Pochettino flying around uh, in the Argentinian league with tackles. Oh, yeah. How long did yeah, he play there? I wonder what his opinion on that league is and if he still watches it. Oh, he absolutely does. And you know about uh, the two squads this year. Um, oh, my gosh. we got to look this Platt. up. We talked about it. River Platte, yeah, and how intense all that was. And they asked him about it in his press conferences a lot. Oh, really? Uh, Pochettino. And he's like, it's sad, you know, the fans and all that. They were damaging the bus. And he's like, it's too bad. Um, it's a passionate rivalry. Yeah, they're nuts. They're he knows crazy. all about that stuff, man. There's a great article, actually, I mean, about... They had, like, uh, had on-field shootings and stuff in the South American League. Oh, so. yeah. Sketchy stuff. Yeah, yeah they, they talk about Pochettino's hometown and the connection with Paulo Gazaniga, our second goalkeeper, who also came from the same town as Pochettino. Um, it's an interesting article. He, I'll send it to you. You'll probably be the only one who will read it, but it's very interesting. Huh. All right, so another truth, too, is I think that Mo, Sal- Mo Salah, as I was corrected last time, fantastic player. For sure. Guaranteed, not a one-hit wonder like Harry Kane. Yep. Any Agreed. other... Um, how about... All right. Pick one shitty team from this year that stayed up that you think has a chance at doing well next year. Top half of the table, or are we talking like top ten? Europa League, like, chance at qualifying. Seven to ten. Hmm. If they keep if they keep Wilfred Zaha, Crystal Palace, and that is a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hard to but, predict. Like lower the table because they suck this yeah. year. But uh, yeah, but I like Palace and I like Zaha. I like Townsend. He's a former Spurs player. I don't um, know if this is uh, hypocrisy, know. but you know, as a Spurs fan. But Newcastle with Almiron, I don't know. I kind of picked them up. It's like a second team. Yeah, year, I like so. that. I like that. And Sissoko came from there. I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah, Sissoko. Um, and who's the other guy that got relegated with Sissoko in the defense on Liverpool that's now also in the Champions League final? I don't know who that is, but I did see that article. Yeah. Um, that's kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> Ra- Raul Benitez, I think, is their coach. Uh, Rafa. Rafa Benitez. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's Rafa. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I like them just fine. I'd be fine seeing them do well. And then you always got DeAndre Yedlin at right back as well. Oh, yeah, shout out U.S. Men's National Team, of course. That's right. Absolutely. All right, my friend, are we rant status? Yeah, I guess we are. We made it. You know, without Jimmy, I was a little afraid, especially with the time of the season, that we wouldn't fill the time. But we got sometimes weird, in life, we do. sometimes in life, kids, the devil helps to fill some time. Oh, the devil's the best. The devil knows everything. <laughs> he is the only reason this is a soccer podcast. Like you are yes. too. You're, you know, Minimal. Jimmy's on a hamburger. He's the meat, and then I'm the kale. You're the, no, you're the buns because you still keep everything together. And I am just like, you know, whatever condiment bacon. you have left. You're bacon. <laughs> yeah, maybe sometimes I'm bacon. You're a flavor explosion, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love bacon. Blast off. So, I love bacon, it's too, It's funny man. how warm that comment made me feel, because I just, bacon is just so good. If any, any time in life you're compared to bacon, you're doing all right. <laughs> Bottom line. Truth. Premier League truth. <laughs> all right. Rants-wise, I don't have a ton for this week. We um, just ranted on the truth, which is a really we, fun segment we that we're going to do with Jimmy again, because that was fun. We need a whole uh, segment of, of devil truths. Yes. The devil That'll speaks be good. the truth. The devil speaks the truth. Um, yeah, I I want to um, do a rant about uh, the Premier League as a whole and just being grateful for the year. And I think the cool part about the Premier League, as we've discussed at length, is the NFL in my history of being a supporter of anything has only been like the only sport that I would actually watch not my team play and actually have interest. And that lasted for a long time. It no longer is the case. But currently, the Premier League holds status uh, in that regard for me. I will watch almost any Premier League game. I'll watch Cardiff, Fulham. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I might walk away. Yeah, you know, and so I just think we were talking about parody, and there's enough of it. It's it's good enough of a product that it's still fascinating to watch almost any game. So that's that's my rant. Uh. Yeah, I fell in, I fell in love. Like, I was interested last year, and I I realized as we were going through the podcast that I watched more last year than I thought I did. And uh, yeah, but this year just, I just new levels. It. I love it, and like to the point where I used to get excited about international breaks, but like when we hit this summer, I'm just like, oh, like <laughs> real soccer's off. Yep. Yep. And. That used to be my love is, like, the, the roster would come out for U.S. Men's National Team. I'd be like, all right, I'll check these motherfuckers out. And, like, that'd be the only way I'd, you know, research the Connect. product. But, yeah, Premier League. Can't wait till August. Yeah. It'll Coming come back. Quick. It'll come quick-ish. I'm always amazed. I've had this in other sports. Like, the first week's painful. Then over time, you're just like, eh, keep living life. Yep, absolutely. We will. And and the other thing that should be fun, assuming Daniel Levy doesn't keep the butt plug in his rectum, um, will be that we'll have some new players <laughs> and some turnover. So some new players to look into, some new players to see how Pochettino is going to mold them, um, and a full year in the new stadium, which I'm still going to wait for Jimmy to have all three of us to give you my rant uh, on the stadium oh, yeah, yeah. and what it means. I remember you threatened it last time. I did. I'm still holding on to that one. I'll do that another time. I know. I know. When and when I listened back to that, I was just like, uh, "That's too harsh." So, no, not too harsh. I think it's a good challenge for me to try and prove what the value could be. I don't, I, I don't know why I'm hung up on that, but I am. I think reason. you're right. I think it, it, your opinion is valuable because well, it checks me on it. It actually, does. I know why I'm hung up on it. All right. It's, I, I got so jaded to the professional sports experience as. Doing NBA reporting, like, and for the listeners, like I was no hot shit, but I went to NBA games for five he was, years. Though. So, like I've seen the bowels of the arena, and it's just so like unspectacular that I don't know. It's, it's, it like felt like a workplace, I guess. Facilities was, don't do it for you. you. You've been jaded on facilities. That, that makes sense. And, and maybe I'm, j- but then I I think a lot of that is I'm jaded on the way that Americans handle facilities because 
you feel the employees wanting to get you out of the building as quickly as possible. So that's what actually strikes me about Premier League, too, when all the fans are singing on the field for hours. Because, like, at an NBA game, at least, they are just like, get out of here as quickly as possible. Like, I want to go home. I want to go home. Stop caring so much. Like, I, I don't care that you want to see the players in the court. you got to get out of here. Get out of here. It's true. Know. So, like, the arena was jaded for me. So that's I think, makes sense. the background on that. Makes sense, man. Yeah. But I'll focus on uh, just imagine an American team playing in essentially in another city. Like, imagine the Pistons playing in Lansing or, um, you know, the, the – uh, DC. What the hell is DC's basketball team? The Wizards. Imagine the Wizards playing, you know, in a suburb even farther away than Rockville. And your supporters actually being almost all season ticket holders who literally walk to almost every game. And the atmosphere. Yeah. And doing that for a year and a half, playing somewhere else and then coming back. Just that alone is part of why I think it's a big deal. But. All right. I'll make my rant. I I was going to rant. Actually, let me say a quick note. I love doing the podcast over the course of the year. It's great to talk to you and Jamie. I think that's part of why I've become a big fan of the Premier League. But Likewise, ma'am. What you just said got me on my rant is that for MLS, what they do correctly is pick the right size cities for soccer. So they're picking like your Cincinnati's, they're picking your Kansas City's, like Nashville teams that don't have the big four. And it is building that atmosphere that you talked about, about local supporters being like, you know, marching down the street to, to games. So I think that is one thing that MLS is doing correctly, regardless of their insane expansion fees. But, uh, yeah. Absolutely. And even it trickles down throughout the American um, soccer landscape. Grand Rapids FC, shout out to your FC. We have a, a supporters group that marches to every game with drums and Never stops yelling the entire match. I've been to several, and even at a small scale like that, uh, you're connecting to to the game. If it's only, fun. if only those motherfuckers could get promoted. No doubt, man. That would be so cool. Sure would. All right. Well, at any rate, my friend, I think we uh, yep. we wrapped it up Good nicely. Pass. Yeah. Good stuff. We'll All stop right. it. All right. You could sit on the bed there. Okay. Okay. But lean forward a little bit so you're. On the microphone, please. And uh, your keys down on the bed. Too much jingling. Too much jingling. Definitely too much jingling. All right, so explain your relation to me. (laughs) Hello, I'm Jessica Steenstra. I am the wife of uh, the... One of the roosters. One of the roosters. How would would we say it? So infamous roosters. You played college soccer. I did, I did. I played college soccer for one year at Calvin College. Mm -hmm. I was a a fantastic bench player and uh, killed it, killed it on the bench. What would you say my relationship to soccer was at the time? Uh, And in general, since you've known me, which has been 12 years. uh, He's been able to play the sport, but... (laughs) (laughs) Anything about Premier League, MLS has been very minimal. Well, I don't. I still don't care about MLS. At MLS, all. Is MLS still is garbage. Yeah, but initially, hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> that was the Mike Steenstra of you know 
2006. Sure. So last year I started watching Premier League, picked the Spurs. Yeah, picked the Spurs. And would you say, which you tell me many times, you actively root against the Hotspur. You say that Harry Kane's not that good. Well, he's, he's not. He's not. Explain yourself. <laughs> I mean, he's always, uh, you know. You have a specific complaint. You said he scores too many goals on penalties. Oh, that's correct. Sorry. But he never misses penalties. He he just drills them. I feel his stats are artificially inflated by the fact that he is getting so much credit for taking a penalty that he wasn't even going to get the goal scoring Yeah, but he buries them. But he buries them every time. He would have never had that opportunity had that player not been hurt. So he's taking their goal-scoring opportunity. That should be their shot at the goal. Well, that's fair. So you've watched a couple Spurs games with me. Who's your favorite player? Do you know any? Deli Alley. How many do you know? How many can you um, name? There's one. I got Deli one. Deli Alley. Harry Kane. Two. <laughs> <laughs> you know another. Come on. I know. I know. I know the guy. He's uh, the there's the playmaker and the goal scorer. Yeah, yeah. Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen. That's it. And then Korean guy. Oh, Sonny. I know Sonny. Sonny. Yeah. Sonny. He's the best. Sonny. I like Sonny too. Um, is it annoying that I watch soccer every, ev- pretty much every Saturday if and Sunday you are morning? Willing to stay up with the baby, you are more than willing. To well, I li- that's why I love those seven thirty games because. <laughs> No, no, if you're getting up, you're committing to the 5 a.m. prep for the 7.30 game. Yeah, yeah, that's generally how it goes, because ba- we have a baby, we have a one-year-old, she wakes up at 5 every single morning, so I'll wake up and then I can watch the 7.30 game and let mom be in peace. You go to the, to or alternate. if you go to the gym, yep. you go to the gym sometimes yep. and let me watch. We alternate wake-up days. That's really all I had for you. You know, I think my key takeaway, though, from your newfound addiction to Premier League is relegation is awesome. Well, thank relegation you. is awesome. Why, why is relegation awesome? Ah, because everybody is fighting for something. Exactly. You don't, you're at fighting for you know, not being relegated to the next league. You're fighting to, uh, you know. You want to know what's interesting, Jimmy has informed us of, is Premier League teams get paid a lot more. But the first year that you're down, you get 80% of what a Premier League team would make. So teams in the second division can make a decision at that point whether to spend money to try to get back up or whether to just, you know, keep that cash flow going, keep your wage bill low. Then the next year goes down to 60%, then 40 then 20 So someone like Sunderland, who's on that Netflix special that I made you yeah. watch for a little bit, they're two leagues down, but they're only, I think, four years removed from the Premier League, so still getting Premier League money. So it's all it is all money based, but it's uh, it's fun. Interesting. So you're gonna watch the Champions League final with me as well. Are Man. you actually gonna watch? I saw uh, a text come in from Mel that said, "I don't even know what time the game is." It's three p.m. for the record. Oh, it so is. that's what time we're going to Mel and Joel's. Gotcha, gotcha. I had no idea. Uh, I heard we were not invited to watch the game. We were to stay. Babies and wives were not. Uh, I did see that. I, I saw that Joel, who was just on the podcast last week, two weeks ago, allowed to interfere with any of the you know intense game. You know, I honestly don't know how I feel watching with anybody because 
I never watch games with anybody. I watch games completely alone well, on the Abby. couch. Well, Abby doesn't count. Yeah. She's just running around. And then she tries to go up and down the stairs, and then I can't watch. But, yeah, it'll be... I think it'll be the first game I've ever watched with, with anybody. Wow. In two years. Didn't you and, like, a Brad watch a game together? Or? I don't think I've ever watched a game with Brad. I don't think so. Wow. Right? Well, new first. You have to have I've watched, watched I mean, that. men's national team a ton with other people. You have to have watched a game with somebody... I honestly can't remember ever watching with anybody. Aaron. No, no, that's World Cup 2. No, I've never watched a single Premier League game with anybody. It's It'll crazy. be like Men's National League. You'll be fine. Yeah, but he's a Liverpool fan, so... Oh, yeah. Well... And you saw... So you were home. Lucas Mora scored the game it's winner. It's How did I react? What was I doing? He was slamming his hair, banging his hands against the ceiling... We would hear the bangs and the whole, like, the house was shaking as uh, he was jumping up and down. A lot of whooping. Whooping. (laughs) (laughs) I was slightly concerned. I couldn't believe that's such a crazy game. Crazy goal. Such a crazy goal. I love soccer, though. It's my favorite sport by far. That's all I got. That's it. That's it. So thanks for jumping on the podcast. Thank you for letting us do this. Goodbye, sweetheart. <laughs>